Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and I'm here with Tim Sykes, uh, one of my mentors. And uh, yeah, so he has a lot of experience in the market. He's been around more than 20 years. He's seen the bear markets. He's seen the craziness. Like I can imagine what 2008 and Bear Stearns, as well as like the... Uh, what do you call it? The internet boom and bust. So like, you know, right now we just have this whole Silicon Valley bank thing happening. And like, um, I saw posts of his on Instagram, uh, about first Republic bank and all these lines outside. And like, this is in California, Los Angeles. So first Republic bank is like pretty close by. So anyway, I wanted to get his take on it. Cause, uh, there's a lot to be said here and a lot of, you know, today's Sunday, Monday, um, the market's going to open up and we're going to see what happens. So, yeah, what's up, Tim? How's it going? Oh, good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Always good having you on. Um, yeah, so what's what's your take on this um, SVB? Uh, so right now, recently, I think the past 20 minutes or so, I saw an article that they're going to actually cover, the government's going to step in and cover the, the what do you call it, the uninsured over 250K losses. Yeah, it's is literally every hour something new. Like earlier today, people were freaking out because they weren't going to have a meeting until Monday. But then it was like, wait a minute, like why aren't you having a meeting on Sunday? I said, I actually have a video. I just, I filmed it. I just got to Rio and I made a video. And I was like, what, you can't work on Sundays? Like is Chick-fil-A, we have to be like religious? Like, you know, this is, this is a little more urgent than an 1130 meeting on Monday. Um, a lot of VCs, a lot of uh, billionaires really sounded the alarm this weekend being like, you know, you just have a few banks that are that are potentially troublesome. But if you start losing confidence in just a few banks, you lose confidence in all the banks because there's no risk for taking your money out, right? Like it all started with Peter Thiel basically warning uh, people, you know, in, in different companies in the VC world saying, we don't trust Silicon Valley Bank. Like, let's take our money out. He took it out. Apparently, like his whole VC fund um, they're all out, but then word started to travel. And now we see in regulatory filings, $42 billion was taken out on Thursday, like in one day. And this is, I mean, they had a $200 billion uh, war chest of assets, but like to lose 25% in one day. And, you know, they bought these long-term um, investments so they couldn't get out of them. And it created a whole liquidity event and a, a crisis of confidence. And now in the past few hours, because I think enough people sounded the alarm over the weekend, the, the Fed stepped in. Zero cost to the taxpayers, which is what a lot of people were worried about. They created some new program, you know, just more debt, whatever. But they basically protected the depositors. Screw the bank. Bank is gone. Um, but the depositors are, are backed up. And it wasn't just Silicon Valley Bank. Um, when the, the government actually released this news just in the past few hours, 
They also shut down Signature Bank, which was, you know, another crypto bank that was dropping. But I mean, the stock was still trading in the 70s and now it's like worthless. So they basically shut them down. It's not any one bank's fault. They're they all just, you know, didn't understand how fast a bank run could happen. Like it's crazy that these you have one job as a bank, you like stay in business. But like they wanted to make money, so they bought the long-term investments. I didn't think that anybody would take out the money so quickly. And they just didn't properly manage the risk. No different than FTX. Like same problem over and over again. Now, what about okay, so this was a regional bank and most of the people in that bank had more, I think 97% of the funds in there were over 250K accounts. So um, what about regional banks in general? Because a regional bank, from what I Google search, is like less than a certain amount. I forgot. Um, so are those at risk? Is that what you were like posting online? Like, okay, so SVB is a regional bank. That one has, it's like contagion. It's like a panic and the contagious is like, so now the other banks are at risk. It's like a domino effect. But what about the big banks? The big banks are, they hold up. They always, you know, so they're safer or like, what? what's your take on that? Yeah. So when I posted, everyone's like, oh, Sykes clearly has money at one of these banks. That's why he wants to be bailed out. I don't have any money at any of these small banks. I use big banks. I think most people should. Um, Silicon Valley Bank is different because it's, it's aimed at Silicon Valley. So pretty much every venture capitalist, every startup um, has accounts there. Um, so they were particularly vulnerable. The regional banks are going to fail fast and fail first because they don't have as much money. If you're with like, you know, Bank of America, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, theoretically, you're safer. I mean, any bank can fail, but it's going to be the small regional ones that fail first. And that's basically what happened. Silicon Valley Bank, by the way, when it's, you know, very important, like it always blows my mind when these things happen, like people don't understand. They're like, we don't want to bail out the bank. We're tired of the taxpayers bailing out banks. Okay, if you don't bail out the depositor or the bank, you want to you know, plant your little flag and be stubborn, then the whole economy crashes. Everyone runs off with every bank because no bank can be trusted. And then we get a depression instead of a recession. You want to play stubborn and be like, oh, we don't want any government interference. Um, you do need the government in times like this. I agree. The government oversteps with their control on a bunch of different topics. This protecting a regional bank, protecting accounts. This is why the government exists. And, you know, it's basically uninsured accounts are accounts over 250,000. If you're under 250,000, you're insured by the FDIC. The 97% at Silicon Valley Bank were over 250,000. So most people say, screw the tech people, screw the VCs, they have enough money. It's not just tech people and VCs, Many businesses have more than 250000 in their bank account just to pay wages, just to pay expenses for a business. So, you know, people's anger about the government and against rich people and against tech kind of sways them where they're like, let it all fail, let it, you know, let it burn. For me, I don't want to see anything burn because that usually creates bigger problems. And what a lot of people also don't realize is that, you know, if these small businesses can't make payroll, which is apparently on Wednesday in the coming week, now they're fine, the, the government has, has secured it. But if they couldn't, you know, 
cover payroll, they'd have to fire their employees. All those employees would then run to their bank because they would be like, wait a minute, this company just fired me. Even if we're doing well or not, it doesn't matter. They fired me because there was a bank run. Let me take my money out of my bank. And that's why other banks like First Republic are you know, at risk. And then a bank run just spreads and it's a very slippery slope. So I'm very glad you know, that the government stepped in on Sunday. And uh, so this is, does this remind you at all about, because I, I wasn't trading in all that in 2008, although I was in, in, in graduate school, in college, and they told me, the professor, like, listen, there's no jobs, go to grad school, there's no jobs, we're, we're going through a recession right now. So um, that's what I did. So this, and, and now, like, now since I trade in all that, I'm familiar with the, the crashes and the recessions and all that. But um, does this remind you of, like, Bear Stearns or anything that happened around that time? And, like, what was... um. You know, like, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, 2008, it was the biggest banks and the brokers. Like, that was the whole system coming crashing down. Um, so that was a much bigger bailout. This was, like, relatively easy. I mean, it's it sounds crazy when, like, you know, SIVB was a $200 billion asset bank. But that's small. They're not top five. They're not even top ten. Um, the biggest banks, again, any bank can fail, but the biggest banks are safest. In 2008. It was everybody going down in the ship. And so the government had a choice where it's like, you know, do we just let this stuff crash like free markets? But then people forget that the U.S. is so in debt. If you let something fail that's so heavily in debt where, you know, the U.S. has always paid its debts. That's how we've racked up such like a big amount because theoretically one day we're going to have to pay. But one of these panics we're not going to be able to pay. And then everything comes crashing down. Then all the debts come due. Then there's a massive crisis of confidence. Um, and that's how you get, you know, a stock market crash and an economic crash and not just a recession, a depression, and not just for a year or two, but a decade or two. You got to study the past. Um, you know, it's very similar with, with France and, you know, in England. And I mean, so many different countries in the 1700s, 1800s, even the 1900s, like they've gone through this with the South Sea bubble, tulip media, like there, there's so many examples, even more recent, like Japan and the whole real estate bust, you know, at one point during the Japanese mania, one square mile around the Imperial Palace in real estate was worth more than the entire United States. It was madness. So you don't want to let anything fail. If one bank goes down, okay, that's one isolated incident. But a lot of different banks have very similar investments and they made the same similar fatal flaw as you know Silicon Valley Bank, which was you know put a lot of the money that they recently got thanks to COVID, thanks to the stock market boom, and they put them in long-term assets. And then when people started to take back some of the money, they couldn't sell their long-term assets very easily. So if everyone starts selling their long-term assets at the same time, you get a massive crash. And then people need to sell their long-term assets and businesses need to sell their long-term assets even more. So like, you know, during the whole mini crash over the past few days, Bitcoin did not go up. This is like what Bitcoin and crypto was designed for. Like the banking system sucks. It's inefficient. So Bitcoin should be good. But the interesting thing is Bitcoin actually dipped during this crisis because the tech companies had to get money somewhere. And so they were selling their crypto just to be, be able to afford stuff just in case the Fed and the regulators didn't come in. Now crypto is bouncing because now like it looks like you don't have to sell that much. And it looks at least for the time being, uh, the panic is over. But 2008, 
Um, you know, whether it's the 1980s in Japan, whether it's 1929, whether it's 1987, you know, whether it's the Y2K uh, crash, whether it's, you know, the COVID crash, like there's going to be crashes and you just have to try to be very safe. I know most people listening to this think like, oh, $250,000, like that's a lot of money. In the grand scheme of things on Wall Street, in the business world, 250000 is nothing. And you do have to protect or at least try to protect accounts and depositors with over 250000 Otherwise, the businesses go out of business. They start laying people off. People need to take their money out and everything goes bust. And we don't want that. Absolutely. And then the the last item on the table. Okay, so this happened more or less on Friday and we had the weekend to kind of deal with it and see what's going to happen. And now there's going to be some opportunity as far as trading this this coming week tomorrow. So what what's your take on that? I know you you said in the past always, you know, you you had a helmet on in some conference and saying everybody got to be prepared for the crash or whatever. So what what's your take as far as like for trading wise, what to be uh, you know aware of going into this, like from so your experience? Is, you know, yeah. So this is a crisis averted right now. Futures are up like one percent. Um, Bitcoin's up. You know, everyone's breathing a little sigh of relief. But I'm still worried. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be like, okay, everything's fine now. Let me just buy. I'm still worried because I think this whole episode has. Woke people up to the risks before they thought, oh, I have my money in my bank, I'm safe. Not so much anymore. Now it's like, wait a minute, like, what are the banks doing with my money? If it's over 250000 am I really going to be safe? Like, if all the banks start failing, the regulators can't save everybody. So um, I, I would say on the sidelines, I would definitely check, not even just a trading opportunity. This is like a risk management opportunity. Um, you really have to look at what, where your money is and, and how much you have in different bank accounts. You also, you know, some people are like, oh, I'll just open four accounts of, you know, if I have a million dollars, I'll open four $250,000 accounts. It's per uh, bank. You can't have multiple, like you get 250000 per bank. So some people are like, oh, just everyone should have a bank account under 250000 What if you're a business and you're paying for, I don't know. There's a ton of, you know, business expenses that are five, 10, 20 million dollars. What do you, if you have $10 million, you're going to have 40 different banks that yeah, you have crazy. under 250,000. Like that's not realistic. So this is a kind of a, a wake up call. I think for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, it looks like the crisis averted, but I just wouldn't be too confident. I would not jump in. It wouldn't surprise me if, if we start seeing some more banks fail. Like we didn't even know Signature Bank was pretty much defunct and the government just shut it down or took control of it Sunday. Like, can you imagine dip buying the stock? What was, what was SBNY at? I'm not sure. Were you looking at that? I I saw some posts about it. Yeah. It's, um, I know the all time highs of it was like in January, 2022 or something like that. It was, it was in the hundreds, I think. Yeah. I mean, just a year ago in March of 2022, this was three thirty, And so on Friday, it dropped, 22% 22% to 70. Uh, and now apparently it's it's worthless. So like these things can drop so quickly. You know, Silicon Valley Bank has been in business for what? Like, you know, 30, 40 years, 8,000 employees all gone, but the depositors are protected. So I think the government did it right. You just, you, you gotta be careful, you know, whether it's 2008, whether it's 2022, crashes can and will happen. And you gotta expect the worst. And that way you're prepared for it. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Tim, for taking the time out to 
um, explain all that and break it down. And thank you so much for posting on on Instagram. And you know, you have a big following, so it's kind of keeping us all it's updated. Crazy. It's got like it's got like twenty three thousand shares in just a few hours, and now I have to like update it because the Fed and the you know regulators did step in. But everybody listening, expect the worst. Don't trust your bank. Don't trust your broker. Don't trust anybody. Expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed. As cynical as that is, you got to stay safe. This is Absolutely. how people fail. Watch the movie Blow. This is, I'm giving everyone a blow. Homework Watch Blow. Have you seen Blow? I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. So with watch Johnny blow. Depp. Yes. Based yeah, on yeah. A true story. The drug dealer, though, like nice drug dealer, according to all accounts, like everyone says, oh, what a nice guy. But he tried to earn some extra interest by putting his money into a third world bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Actually, you, 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 one of your old DVDs says something about offshore banks and broker. You're like, man, don't you you get insured up to 250K in a U.S. bank. Just keep it here. Don't trust the offshore. Bro- and I think last year or year before, sure trader like blew up or something in the Bahamas. <laughs> so it's like, you know, this so yeah, you got to get but educated. Now but now it's not just offshore. It's onshore, too. So really yeah. look at that $250,000 rule. Hopefully they change it. Like maybe they'll boost it to like 500,000 or a million. Like, I don't know how much, you know, they can even afford because government isn't exactly yeah. in tip top shape. Just be careful. Um, you know, we're, we're decades into this giant load of debt and one day. It's really going to come back to bite us. You can't just stay in debt forever. As yeah. you know, some people have learned in the U S keeps getting more and more in debt and, you know, looks like they protected these banks with more debt. I got to run. Thank you. Again. Absolutely. T- thanks, Tim. I'll catch you later. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, buddy. Have a good one. Stay safe. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www dot the friendly bear podcast.com as well as on apple Podcasts, spotify audible amazon music and now on youtube at friendly bear research until next time thank you for listening to the friendly bear podcast